On front page with me this morning is Annabelle Lee, journalist from Malaysia Kini, and at the Wong Sai Wan, editor-in-chief from the Malay Mail. Good morning, folks. Good, good morning. morning. Okay, good morning. Now, local taxi company Big Blue Taxi Facilities is expected to use the first batch of 100 electric-powered taxis beginning July or August, says its founder and advisor, Dato Shamsu Bahrain Ismail. He said, we're in the process of signing a contract with local companies on the installation process of the electric-powered cabs, and if it's successful, we're expecting our first production of 5,000 units. Wow, that's pretty impressive. Is this a move to save the taxi industry? What are your thoughts here, Annabelle? Well, Big Blue Taxi, they're bringing this in to modernise the taxi industry. I mean, that was the goal. And I think this 100... Uh, electric vehicles um, is like the the, fi- the pilot project, right? Mm-hmm. They're supposed to bring in 20,000 by, I think, 2020 or 2021. It's definitely a business decision to make taxis more appealing, more sustainable. But I don't think the problem with taxis is just the fuel or what goes into powering them. Right. I think all of us know it's... Or the units itself. Yeah. It's the it, drivers, I isn't think it? It's more than that. The challenges that face taxis is definitely right. much more than that. Yeah. You're and they will have to address hmm. those things. You're right. Your as thoughts, well. Saiwan? I mean, the entire taxi system is wrong. It is as close to serfdom and slavedom that we practice in Malaysia. Mm-hmm. The government must make up its mind. Is it either going to help the taxi drivers or is it going to help the passengers? Because they can't help both. Taxi fares have to go up. If they don't go up, these taxi drivers are not going to make money. And the way we operate our taxi system is still based on trips. And most of the taxis, except for the big blue, is rented out to the drivers. So you can give them Ferraris. It doesn't make a difference. You know? The, the uh, fares itself have to be... The fares have to be increased. Increased. And I think when it comes to electric vehicles, a key factor of, 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 of whether they are successful or not is the availability of charging stations and, and how many charging stations are going to be around. Mm-hmm. How are these vehicles... I mean, where are these charging stations going to be? Who's going to invest in them? Who's going to supply them? Where are we going to install them around? Is it just Klang Valley or is it all over Malaysia? That's going to take up a lot of capital. Mm-hmm. And But if we don't have enough of that, then we'll just have electric vehicles running around without power uh, and well, then running out, running, of, <laughs> true, running out of power. running out yeah, of power. Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. very worried about about the technology they're going to use. Yes. Okay. I used to own a hybrid car which has spent 180 out of 300 days in the workshop. So I have very little faith in anything electrical. But uh, what's the technology? What's the brand behind it? Mm-hmm. Who's going to maintain it? Charging stations, I'm not so worried. If the present EVs are the type they're talking about, uh, a nearest plug point will do. But who's going to re- do the repair works? Now, that worries me. All right. Now, of course, uh, the electric car industry is still in its infancy, if it's even, um, you know, gestating, I guess. You know, how will this move towards e-cars help, I guess, drivers in this industry? Well, if, if you look at China, this, that's the topic today. You look at China, all its public transport are turning into EVs. Pollution has come down tremendously in cities like Shanghai and Beijing because of the use of EV vehicles. I'm hoping that uh, the adoption of EVs for public transport will do the same thing in KL. It won't help much in cities like Ipoh and Johor because the volume of public transport is not that big. Mm-hmm. But in KL, it's huge. So if, if, if the taxis and the buses go electrical, properly supported, wonderful breathing. Well, coming up at Trump's Huawei ban, uh, will it offer opportunities for Malaysia? That's what we're looking at next here on Light.
Page with me this morning. I am with Dr. Wong Sai Wan, Editor-in-Chief of the Malay Mail and Annabelle Lee, journalist from Malaysia Kini. The ongoing trade spat between Washington and Beijing, especially in the wake of President Donald Trump's ban on Chinese technology giant Huawei, could be good news for Malaysian mobile phone components manufacturers, says Bardai, who is an economist. Um, he says Malaysia is already manufacturing smartphone parts for export and can now replace China's role in the supply of chip and components. He said that China could also contract Malaysian firms which already have the expertise and technology in manufacturing these components. We stand to benefit from this crisis. So I guess the question is, uh, do you feel that Malaysian manufacturers can produce good replacements for the chips and components needed by companies such as Huawei and other companies? Capability, yes. Take advantage of this spat, no. It is a three-month ban. Google, or in this case Alphabet, and Huawei are already prepared. They've been in talks. Uh, they're ready for the next 90 days. Chip manufacturing is planned a year ahead at least. Mm-hmm. There is no way any Malaysian company can take advantage of what's happening now. By the time they roll out, by the time they get ready, China and the US could be the best of pals. <laughs> but that's in an ideal situation that the three months actually does you know, end up becoming three months. But even, even so, mm-hmm. I think we're facing a lot of competition from our regional friends like Vietnam yes. and Cambodia where wages are lower. So I, I think um, a lot of analysts have, have spoken about this. And in theory, yes, you know, we could be the alternative hub. Mm-hmm. But in practice, I don't think we're the number one choice if right. there was... No, but it, 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 does, it really things. doesn't make a difference. <laughs> Look, Huawei and Google... Quadcom, they have been ready for this for months. And if you have ever visited Google or Huawei uh, campuses, which is what how they call their headquarters, mm-hmm. they are never, never not ready. And uh, it's just us as a uh, news consumers yeah. that that we get excited over this. Yeah. And do you think Trump just picked on Huawei? Okay, so let's assume that Huawei gets punished and it's banned forever. Uh, what about Oppo? What about Vivo? Mm-hmm. What about Lenovo? I mean, there are plenty of replacement. We all tend to forget that all this stems from the 5G technology. Yes, that's right. The handphones is ain't going to make no difference. Uh, Malaysian uh, chip makers in Penang and JB have been supplying for the 5G technology. I mean, this is spat at the moment. I don't think we can take advantage of it because it's such a yo-yo. Right. Annabelle, if this trade war lasts, how badly will it affect Malaysia? I mean, so far, I don't think we've been affected that badly yet. I mean, in terms of like Q1, uh, Q1 uh, kind of you know economy growth, I think we've kind of surpassed the 4.3%, but 4.5% mm-hmm. right now. But uh, in a global scale, I think um, it will, and it has already made businesses a bit more wary in terms of investment and in terms of planning. Uh, but like like Dato said, it's a two. Uh, I mean, it's a three month ban, and the Trump presidency is not going to last any much longer. People think so. <laughs> Really? I, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of uh, uh-huh. a lot of things happening, but but yeah, I think um, it will affect the global economy in terms of a, a slowdown. For you know, people will be a bit cautious, a bit wary in terms of investment. Um, but yeah, that's going to affect everyone. Yeah, including right. Malaysia. Interesting thoughts there. Well, when we come back, we'll take a look at how our government is committed to strengthening Malaysia-China ties. That's up next here on Light.
On front page with me this morning, Annabelle Lee, journalist from Malaysia Kini and at the Wong Sai Wan, editor-in-chief of the Malay Mail. The trade and investment growth between uh, Malaysia and China in recent years has been meteoric and this trend would continue to generate more opportunities in areas of tourism, science and technology as well as cultural exchanges, said Tun Dr. Mahathir Muhammad. He said this in a message in the souvenir book published by the Malaysia-China Friendship Association or better known as PPMC to mark the 45th anniversary of diplomatic ties between the two countries. And he said that China's astonishing growth in the last few decades catapulted it to become the world's second biggest economy had contributed much to its extensive presence, not only in Malaysia, but in other parts of the world. Everyone wants to work with China, it seems, and yet retain also a a fair and good relationship with the U.S. How do we tread this fine line? I think Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we hang out with China. And Tuesday, (laughs) Thursday, Saturday, we hang out with the U.S. And on Sunday, we... It's a day of Sabbath. Yes. (laughs) Right. (laughs) If only it were that simple, right? I know. But but I think in terms of trade, right, I think uh, our our largest trading partner uh, for FDIs especially is China. Mm -hmm. I think the U.S. is number five. And and just according to the latest statistics from the Malaysian Investment Development Authority, Chinese contribution for FDI was $19.7 billion. The U.S. was just $3.2 billion. So I think we've got to hedge our bets as well. I mean, like, like who's our bigger trading partner here? But as the U.S. looks to more kind of like protectionist trade policy with Trump, China is, you know, kind of investing in the entire region. So that is another factor to take in as well. But I think probably being friends with the U.S., I mean, you know, friends are always good, but that will also help, I guess, balance out the the potential risks that come with Chinese investment. I think a lot of analysts have been talking about the debt, uh, kind of depo- debt diplomacy that, that's been done and, and also uh, whether a lot of these investments come with political risks yes. as well, with China kind of coming in so strong. So I think, um, yeah, friends are always good. Uh, I think so. Let's <laughs> be friends with everybody. Saiwan? PPMC yes. is the focus, actually. Uh, if you look at PPMC, and then you ask who is the president uh, he used to take a back seat in previous administration uh, previous administration we had a minister ranked of official to, to hit China relations now you have PPMC back in show the president I think he's almost life president now is Majid Khan yeah Majid Khan is probably Dr. Mahade's favourite diplomat. Right. Okay. And he is also Maida chairman. Okay. So if you put two plus two plus two together, you're going to get uh, 100. <laughs> it is very obvious that Tun Mahade is focused on China. But I think he would insist China on Malaysian terms. But the US, Mahade has never been a big fan of the US anyway. And he's been quite rude about Trump, um, you know, publicly, hasn't he? Yeah, I think he he's waiting things. for he's waiting for the tweet from Trump <laughs> that addresses Mahade, you know? That's almost like a kind of badge of honour for, yeah. I think, most world leaders these days. You get a nasty tweet from Trump, yes, uh, I have I arrived. made it. I made it. No, but seriously... <laughs> I don't think Malaysian foreign policy, trade policy, takes into account the U.S. at all. Oh, at all. All right. Interesting. Now, when we come back, we'll take a look at uh, no discounts for uh, compounds issued by the JPJ. That's up next here on Light. On front page with me this morning, Dr. Wong Sai Wan, editor-in-chief from the Malay Mail. Also, Annabelle Lee, journalist from Malaysia, Kini. Transport Minister Anthony Lok said uh, compounds issued by the Road Transport Department for offences like beating the red light, overtaking on double lines, using a mobile phone while driving, cutting queues, uh, not wearing your safety belt, and driving in the emergency lane. Uh, we are not giving any more discounts for these. These are serious uh, road traffic safety issues, and we are serious about road safety and reducing 
increasing fatalities. Um, it's this latest campaign which began on Sunday and will end on June 13th. He said that there were over 500,000 accidents reported last year and they're trying to bring down the number as they do every year. So you break the law, you pay. That's the nice uh, little slogan that they've come up. Is this enough though to create awareness? Never. Why is that? Why do Malaysians have such an issue, uh, you know, have a problem with basic road rules and the law? Look, don't even say in the night. In the daytime at a traffic line, every single Joe, Ali, Ahmad on a motorbike doesn't follow the traffic line. He sees space, he moves. The color can be green, can be purple, can be orange. They will still move. Mm-hmm. I think it's the nature of Malaysian as drivers. The thing is that we talk about convenience. And I think the mentality about driving on the road or riding on the road is about our convenience, not so much as safety. Uh, in fact, actually, this no discount is actually a climb down is a climb down from the previous campaign for the previous campaign those five offenses you go straight to court this is now still a summons right okay. just no discount lah just no discount i drove on a emergency lane 2 years ago during a festive season i was summoned to court mm i paid a 3000 dollar fine so you've never done it since i've never done it since see so effective no it's not it is not that it's just that uh I, I I will never do it on festive season now. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> no but no but ser- no but seriously mm-hmm. it all stems from our driving education, our road transport system, it all has to change. Yes. But also I think trying to change that mentality or that you know that, that status quo mm-hmm. by telling people that you know like like you know there's there was always like you know a way out and people always thought like you know you're going to find I'm, you know they're going to give me a discount eventually anyway so doesn't matter. So I think you're that I bet I said they still come. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the idea like like if they enforce this strictly enough and they really are able to direct the traffic especially during the the crazy festival periods yes. uh, I think that will help in, in you know just kind of chip, chip chip it off the block trying to show people that you know the 300 ringgit is a 300 ringgit it's not a 15 ringgit it's not a do it copy mm-hmm. it's a 300 ringgit I think that will help show that that is not a negotiable kind of charge as well well looking outside the festive seasons we, we've always had an issue with enforcement will this be any different I'm optimistic no, it, I'm optimistic no, I always I'm, think I'm, that we can reduce <laughs> I'm, I'm, no it is it's got nothing to do with our enforcement officers. It's got nothing to do with the quality of the roads we have, which is one of the best in the world. It is how we produce drivers and the number of cars we put on the road. Every year, we sell 600,000 vehicles. That is ridiculous. All of us, after three years, four years, we start thinking of changing the cars. We should stop all that, make it a very, a much more difficult way to own a car, much more difficult way to get a driving license. We need to change the mentality in school. Road safety is not taught in school. Okay. But I still think having like really strict enforcement, like really meaning it and not just saying it every Chinese New Year or Hari Raya or Deepavali, I think that would definitely help. Well, let's take a look at this next headline, Upskilling Needed Before Malaysia Can Take Advantage of Industry 4.0. This is our next headline here on Light. On front page with me this morning is Annabelle Lee, a journalist from Malaysia Kini, also Dr. Wong Saiwan, editor-in-chief from the Malay Mail. AirAsia ex-chairman Tansri Rafida Aziz told the Malay Mail that the old education format can no longer cope with the demands of Industry 4.0, which requires knowledge on all areas of related services as well as production and supply chains. She said a revolution in education is required to be in line with the dynamics of the marketplace domestically, regionally and 
globally and education is the linchpin to a Malaysia moving forward successfully. And I think we can all agree with that statement. Where are we lacking our homegrown Malaysian skill workers? Your thoughts, Saiwan? Okay, uh, let me put it off right. I do not agree with almost 99.999% of things that Rafida say. Okay? But? But this one I do. Okay. It's just like my beef about driving licenses. We still teach children to pass exams. Do we do not give them enough skills to go to the workplace even now? So forget about Industry 4.0. I just found out last night that the most popular university course in Malaysia is business administration and kesastraan. I know I mean I'm going to with thousands and millions out there who will be angry with me but you're not really skilled for the world if you do kesastraan and business admin. We should relook at the entire education system and give emphasis towards the future. I mean since the flavor of the month is Huawei, do we have working relationship between the government and Huawei on education? We should. The Huawei culture is that they, they behave like a university. I hire you, you can have a PhD, you can have any degree, but you go through the entire university system of Huawei for two years. We are just comfortable being assemblers. In fact, most of the assembly work today are not done by Malaysians anyway. True. So I think the upskill is quite a lot needed. So how do we address this then? Is it from school? Is this something Mazli Malik has to you know think about? Education, yes. Mazli Malik, no. I think uh, we need to start to think about uh, how we can really use kind of the strengths we have in this kind of diverse, multilingual kind of society and how we can use that to really not just follow what other people are doing and how they are doing it. You know, there's a Chinese way and I guess there's an American way, but really find that Malaysian way into all these different industries. No, that's so optimistic. Let, let, me, let, me point, <laughs> let, let me point, out, let me, let me point out to you a very simple problem. Right. Today, the catchphrase for risk for upscaling is TVET. Do you know there are two ministries setting up standards for TVET in Malaysia? One's under human resources and one under education. And guess what? The two twins don't meet. But they are trying to kind they of are, consolidate. They are, huh? they are trying to consolidate yeah. but they sure are not doing it. <laughs> you know? The officials in one ministry will say that's my territory. The other one says you are trampling on mine, you know. Mm. So come on. If TVET as a name gets in the way, guess what? Let's set up Ministry of Upskilling <laughs> yeah. and then take away all the powers of everybody. I don't think we need another ministry though. No, I? no, you can close down human resources. <laughs> No, no, HR is really no, important. Human Resources actually is a ministry that should come under the women and family development because it should be about human resource. Look, the way the ministry is still run is today the same as the Labour Ministry under Tansi Manikawasagam and Tansi Sambantan in those days. It has not changed. It's more fanciful, nicer buildings, but if you dig deep enough, the roots of the Labour Ministry is still there. It should not be. Very interesting. Food for thought, definitely. And that's what we'll do. We'll think about this some more. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Wong Sai Wan and Annabelle Lee, for joining us this morning. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us.